So we're just expecting good things in, in 2015 and, and what God has done in 2014. We thank him for that. We thank him for that. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you ought to thank God. Say, don't thank me. Yeah, just look at your neighbor and say, don't thank me. Yeah. See, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't you that got you through. Let me give you a wake-up call today, amen? It wasn't anything that you did that got you here, but you have a God that is on your side. Somebody shout, he's on my side. Yeah, yeah, you've got a God. I'm not preaching yet, but you've got a God that's on your side. And it's not anything, it wasn't your wits, it wasn't your degree, it wasn't your accomplishments, it wasn't your muscle, and it wasn't your hustle, baby. But it was a power in the presence of the living God that got you where you are. Let's get into God's word today. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 13 through 16. If you have the Bible app, you can open that now. You have all the notes and the scriptures right there for you. And you actually have some extra things that we're not going to show on the screen. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Say amen when you're there. It says, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. The word exposed here means transparent. It actually literally means to take the lid off. Let me read it again. But all things become visible when the lid is taken off by the light. The light is Jesus. For everything that becomes visible is light. And for this reason, it says, awake. Awake awake means to come from obscurity, to come from uh, from what you're doing, to stop what you're doing. It means to wake up. And, and so to wake up, you sleeper, and rise from the dead, literally, to stand up. And Christ will shine on you. He says, therefore, be careful. How you walk, right? You need to walk like John Travolta in the 70s, whatever. But, but therefore, be careful how you walk. The whole generation didn't get that. But not as unwise men, but as smart men. Don't walk as someone who's not very smart. But start walking intelligently. Start walking as a wise man. And how does a wise man walk? He says, making the most of your time or your season. Making the most of your time, your season. That phrase there, making the most of, it's translated redeemed. So let me read it now. Making the most of your redeemed season, your redeemed time, but uh, and, and because the days are evil, they're wicked, they're, there's malice, there's maliciousness, right? There's lewdness, and, and so the days are evil. He's telling us, be careful how you walk. Look at your neighbor and say, be careful. Touch two people real quick and say, be careful, be careful. Be careful how you walk. Be careful what you do and how you do them and when you do. Be careful how you walk. You're not going to get through this year by standing still. Maybe you stood still in 2014 and you're in the exact same spot. You're, by the way, you need to go home and listen to the podcast from first Sunday in January last year. It's a repeat. Look at your neighbor and say, repeat. It's a repeat. What I'm teaching you today is what I taught on January 14th because some of you have been standing still. Now, there are scriptures and psalms that tell us, Ezekiel and Isaiah 55, 11, other verses tell us, stand still and watch the deliverance of the Lord. But what you missed before some of those verses is what those people were doing while they were standing still. 
Sure, in Acts chapter 2, the Bible tells us that, that, that the, the, uh, those 120 that went into the upper room, right, and which was prophesied in Joel chapter 2, but in Acts chapter 2, God fulfilled his promise. And Jesus, right, when he was ascending into heaven, in Acts chapter 1, he looks at his disciples and he says, you know what, you're going to go to this upper room, you're going to wait for the promise of the Father. I'm not leaving you alone. I'm leaving the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that we felt in this room, the, the people that were shouting, the people that were clapping. When we're singing, how great thou art, we're really singing how great he is right? That's the Holy Spirit that is, that is taking our souls and our emotions and connecting them with God the Father. So that same Holy Spirit, Jesus says, you're going to go into this upper room and you're going to wait. That, that word wait is translated to sit. So they sat, but in their moment of sitting, in their moment of standing still, they were actually active, right? Are you with me? There's a difference between standing still and waiting on God. There's a di- and then there's, there's another just standing still and letting God do everything or hoping and wishing that he'll do everything. But you won't get to where you need to be. You're not going to get your promotion. You're not going to get that new house, that new property, that new car, the new truck, all those things that you're healing, your miracle, whatever you're looking for, by just standing still. Look at your neighbor and say, get moving. No, no, no. Give me a big fat. Get moving. Let's get moving. And so what do we do? At the beginning of every year, Almost everyone in here, whether we post them on Facebook or Instagram them or Snapchat them or social media them or, my goodness, there's so many of them. Let's just say social media. Is that okay? Because every Sunday I try to hit all of them. So on social media, we post and we talk about, these are my New Year's resolutions. I posted last night or this morning, I can't remember, uh, usually the night before the fast, which would have been last night. I'll get together with some friends and we'll just pig out, man. We eat steaks and eat our faces off, you know, because it's the purge, right? You're going to, we're about to go on this 21 day fast. And, and so, you know, you just got to get ready. What better way to stop eating by eating a bunch of stuff before. So, but for whatever reason, last night, I don't know if it was because football was on and, and God knows the Cowboys are going to be playing at three 30 Lord. And so part of our fast is for that today as well. Let this be the year. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All the Cowboy fans give me a big fat. Amen. All those that are not, God will save you later and heal you and touch you in Jesus name. But that, I was actually serious about all that. So, but, but he's, but in all of this, there's something that we have to do. Do I believe that God can do anything? Absolutely. We preach that. We teach that. That's, that's in our DNA here at our church. Literally, it's written in our DNA that we've written out of what this church is and what we believe and what we believe God can do. And it's a mantra that I say all the time from this pulpit or conversations that I have with some of you at lunches or as we're praying together, that we believe that God can do anything at any moment with anyone, anytime, anywhere. I believe that. Absolutely. I do believe that there are divine moments where God steps right in the middle of your mess and literally puts his hand in the face of the enemy and says, no more. But if we're truthful and honest with ourselves before the Lord and transparent, those moments are few. Most of the time, God is saying, you're going to walk through it, son. You're going to walk through it, daughter. But you're not walking alone. You've got to start walking. And so today, my challenge to you is, I'm asking you in this next few weeks as we're talking about resolutions and what we're planning and what we're hoping for, listen, for every young person, a teenager, to to those that are 80-something years old, I believe that we should have some life goals. Absolutely. I believe there there, there need to be things in front of you that you're tasking towards, right? If you're just walking aimlessly, you never get to accomplish or finish anything. There, There need to be definable goals in your life. Absolutely. For example, this year... We as a couple, we want to be debt-free. This year, I want to lose, okay, everybody said that. 
They're going to lose weight, but your amens are going to get fatter. Amen? So whatever it is, I want to lose weight. We want to be debt-free. We want to pay off a car. We want our, our son to come back to the Lord. We want our daughter to get out of drugs. or We want our, 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 our marriage to be made whole. I mean, fill in the blank. Lord, I need a promotion at work. This is the year that you elevate me. Okay, we need definable goals that we can achieve and we can take before the Lord. Absolutely, church. Absolutely. Those are things that we have to have. But those are things that we also need to vet before the presence of the Lord. Those are the things that we got to make sure that those are not our resolutions and not God's resolutions for us. So what if we stopped making resolutions altogether? What if we just stopped making resolutions? Because maybe you've made resolutions last year and you've got the same resolutions this year. And we get in this trap that the world has said, you need to make some resolutions. Jesus never said, you need to make some resolutions. I never see that in scripture. Not in my Bible where Jesus says, you should make this New Year's resolution. You should lose 10 pounds. Because when I take you to heaven, you're not going to be big enough to go to heaven. That's a joke. God doesn't say, you know what? Uh, Jesus didn't say, this is, your new resol- this is your New Year's resolution right here. Do you need me? Listen, church, hear my heart. I'm not, I'm not trying to get caught in the weeds, but I want you to hear, hear my heart. In that we, 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 we begin to live and pattern our life on the terms of the world. We're saying, God, we want you to do all that you can do in our lives, but it's got to fit in this mold. God will not fit in your mold, baby. Come on, somebody. God's not going to say, okay, I'll do whatever you say. God's, gonna, not, God's not going to do that. He's going to say, oh, is that what you think I should do? That's a good idea. I'll start doing that. Can you imagine what we would look like, what the world would look like, what our marriages would look like if God actually started doing some of the things that we want him to do? Instead of doing some of the things that he needs to do, right? So if you want to lose weight, if you want that new career, if you want a promotion, if you want a raise and you want to get debt free and you want to be healed and you're tired of struggling with sickness and all of those things, take those before the presence of the Lord and say, God, here's what's on my heart. But is this really what's on your heart? Maybe in 2015, we stop saying, God, this is what I want you to do. And we start praying, God, what do you want to do with my life? Come on, somebody. Start praying differently. You'll start getting, say it out loud, different results. Like you're walking wise already. Give yourself a pat on the back, a high five, kick in the seat, whatever you got to do. He says to walk as wise men, to walk as wise why someone who's wise they know what they're doing they know where they're going they know what they need to accomplish they're taskmasters they're finishers they're accomplishers he says we're to walk as wise men before the lord what is our new what is your new re, new year's resolution what is it that you want to do this year what is the cry of your heart i believe god does want to fulfill the desires of your heart i do i know that because scripture tells us that the Bible tells us that we as being earthly parents, if we can do evil but yet know to do good to our parents, how can much more a heavenly perfect father who does know evil do good for us? Amen? So I know that God wants to give us the desires of our heart. If you want your marriage whole, if you want your marriage put back together, the world, is, the world can do it, Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> the world can't do it. God can. God can do those things if we take them before the Lord. So many of us, 
we're running our own show and we get on the stage of life and we don't perform the way we want to perform. We're critical of ourselves. We're critical of God and we're judging God and we're putting God in this box. We're, we're putting all these parameters on the Lord. We're saying, God, why aren't you doing what I'm asking you to do? And I'm getting us to look at the fact that maybe God is just possibly saying, I love you, but you can't persuade me just because you're fasting. It's not a way to manipulate God. By the way, fasting is not so you can manipulate God's hand and say, okay, I'm going to fast. Therefore, he's got to honor this fast. You're just going to lose weight. That's all you're going to do. And you're going to gain it right back. But if you go into the fast saying, God, I don't even care if I lose weight. That would be cool if I did. But, but, but God, I don't want to lose weight. In all seriousness, God, in this fast, this is what, this is what I need to happen. I need my marriage whole. I've got anger issues, God. I, for whatever reason, my kids do the, the silliest things, and it just it causes anger inside of me. When my wife does this, God, I just get angry. When my husband does this, I'm just angry. Maybe in here, and you have the root of bitterness deep inside of you, and it's taken root, and the root is bigger than the top of the tree, and, and you're bitter at life, and you're bitter at God, and you're just, you're just, you're just bitter. Maybe you're in here, and you have unforgiveness. I'm touching on, this is quiet as a church mouse in here. I must be hitting the right thing. So in the Holy Spirit, but you have unforgiveness. Maybe there's somebody that you need to forgive. You know, maybe they don't even know that they hurt you and they're just living life and they're, they're having new cars, they're getting promotions. They're just worshiping God. And you're like, how can they worship the Lord out there? Oh, in the name of Jesus. Don't act like you have never done that before. God is watching you and he knows your heart. You're human. I know you have all of us at some point. We get bitter. We, we, get, we, we have unforgiveness in our heart. We don't want to forgive people. The crazy thing is God forgives us. He forgives us. I just read you, and it says your redeemed season. Your redeemed season. Let's, put, let's actually do that. Let's put up back, uh, verse 16 again, please. Making the most of your redeemed. Think about that. Making the most of. When you walk wise, you make the most of your redeemed time or your redeemed season in which you're living. You're not going to live forever. But if you've been saved, you confessed your sins to Lord Jesus Christ and invited him to live in your heart. The Bible declares that you're saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. We, we pray that almost every Sunday here. So your redeemed season, when you become redeemed, you become a new person. Right? It's in Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Everyone say it with me. And all things what? Become new. So when we're redeemed, he says, all right, I've given you a new life. Now make the most of it. Make the most of it. Make the most of the season that you're in. Let me say that again. Make sure your neighbor's awake, looking at me and not checking the scores because kickoff hasn't started yet for the first game. I'm being serious. Make the most of your season. Look at your neighbor and say, your season. Say it with a little attitude. Your season. Make the most of the season that you're in. There are seasons where everything goes your way. Skippity doo da. I can skip backwards. You didn't know that. Skippity day. Hi ho hi. What a wonderful day. Rain and sunshine. Skippity doo da. Skip. Mr. Sunshine's on. Oh, Mr. Bluebird's on my show. Okay. There are days when everything goes your way. And then you may say, hey, no, listen, there are, there are seasons in your life when everything goes your way. I love those seasons. 
it's easy to tithe in those seasons. Oh, we need the lighting. Here we go. Who do I make it out to? Oh, man. Tithing is not a problem. Giving, giving, to, giving a, 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 to, to our, our local outreach is not a problem. Helping hands, here's a check. Not a problem. Body of Christ Community Clinic, not a problem. Homeless guy, here, here's a meal. In those seasons, it's easy to give. It's easy to come before the presence of the Lord. Have, oh, man, I'm so glad to see you in the house of the Lord. Today. Woo! God's going to do something great. It's going to be amazing. God's going to touch everybody in the name of Jesus. Amen. In those seasons, it's easy to worship God. Amen. When everything's going your way, those, we have those seasons. And I thank the Lord for those seasons. And God, if you want to give us more of those, that would be okay. We would not be offended by that. But there are some other seasons where you struggle just to get a smile on your face. I mean, you reach in this pocket, the smile's not there. You reach in this pocket, I got a, I got a mint in here. So I want to pray for people. I don't have preacher breath. Listen to me, church. He says, make the most Make the most of your season. If you're in a season where God is blessing you, you better put those blessings out as quick as you get him. Okay, God, you bless me financially. Who does it go to next? Where does it go to next? You gave it to me just so I can give it away. It's not so I can hoard it and I can be a hoarder of blessings and say, look at all these things that God has done for me. No, it's so the world can say, look what God has done through you. Are you with me today, church? And in those seasons... That it's hard to find a smile in those seasons when you, when you see people worshiping God and you're bitter at God and you're angry at God. But I guess no one has ever liked that. But when you're bitter at God and you're angry at God because he's blessing other people and, and, and he's not blessing you, but you're serving in kids ministry. You're, you're on the first impression team or you're on the worship team or you're your pastoral staff or whoever you are, or wherever you are. And you're in a season where God's not doing and living up to your expectations. It's hard to tithe then, isn't it? It's hard to worship God then, isn't it? But the Word of God tells us, make the most of your time or make the most of your season. If you really want to give the devil a black eye in 2015, the next time you've been fighting and scratching and clawing just to give God some praise, give him some praise anyways, amen? When it's hard to say, God, I love you, I thank you for this mess that you're about to bless, do it anyways. That's the moment that you can make the most. Give God a praise of your season. We're to make the most. We're to make the most of our season. Look at your neighbor and say, make the most. Make the most, say it again, of your season. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know your resolutions. You know, in this church, I've been casting, me and the leadership here, the six men that serve with me in leadership, high-capacity leadership at this church, We've cast some pretty big vision before you. We believe that in 2015, we need to break ground here or that God is going to move us to a new location. Hey, for all I know, he wants to give us that building and this building. Why not? Amen. There's an elder right there saying amen. He gave me a big fat one on that one. We got to start dreaming big. We, we've, got to take, we've got to take these limits off of God. You want to make the most in your season? Start dreaming big for your life. Some of you, you've, you've got unfulfilled resolutions, unfulfilled dreams, and unfulfilled hopes and desires. And you're just saying, God, surely this year is not going to be like last year. I believe it can be different. I do. I do. I will stand with you. I will be your biggest advocate. I will be your biggest fan. But you can't stand still and say, all right, God, now do it. No, no, no. If you're in a season where he's saying, son, I just need you to sit and be quiet. What you do in that time is you sit and you just say, God, I thank you. 
I thank you that you're working right now. You don't sit and do nothing. Maybe you're just in that season where you're saying, God, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm being persecuted at work. I'm being isolated. I'm being treated like a doormat. You say, God, I thank you that, that you're using the world to clean themselves on me. Thank you. You, you, took, you took it for me. I'll take it for somebody else. The devil doesn't want you to do that because you start seeing God differently. You start growing. You start maturing. Before you know it, you're praying like you've never prayed before. I mean, you're, you're literally praying. All of a sudden, you're thinking, where did that come from? Maybe that's the power of the Holy Spirit working in you in a season when the devil thinks he's got you pinned down and he's choking you and he thinks he's got you down for the count. And the next thing you know, you're on your back and your hands are lifted up and say, maybe I can't stand, but I can raise this hand. And the next thing you know, this hand goes up. Amen. And before you know it, you're back on your feet you're dusting yourself off because you made the most of the season that you were in let's stand our feet today lord i thank you for all that you've done you've you've been so good to us oh you've been so good to us can we just begin to thank god with our mouth today god you've been so good to us thank you lord Maybe you need to thank him for bringing you through. Uh, you thought your marriage was going to fail in 2014, but, but somehow he's, he's glued it together every time you guys have ripped it apart. God, I thank you for keeping it together. Lord, when my mouth and my tongue has gotten the best of me, you, you seem to take my mess and bless it anyways. You seem to take my life and the situations and the circumstances. Come on, somebody. I, I believe that this is a season. This is a moment where we just need to audibly give thanks to God. And you say, Pastor, I don't want to say that out loud. I'm not asking you to shout it. I'm just saying with your voice, God, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. Well, I thank you for sending the Holy Spirit that's real in this room, that, that the Holy Spirit is more real than any demonic presence, any demonic stronghold, any demonic assignment or demonic distraction that has been sent my way that god you have been risen from the dead you are all powerful you're the all-knowing you're the creator of life and of uh, you hold the keys of of death hell and the grave and we thank you for that god we thank you that you're in control that there's no man there's no political power there's no situation there's no stock market can move you or persuade you from being god that you stand alone we thank you for that god and I thank you for what you're going to do in 2015. Oh, I thank you for what you're going to do in 2015, God. We are, we are so humbled in your presence. Lord, I pray for the person in here today. Maybe it's the mom who's at home with kids in her mind. All along, she's had dreams of going back to work or, or, or doing things or writing a book or making a cookbook or doing something great for you and yet life has gotten the best of her i pray for the man in here today who feels like he's stuck at a dead-end job wondering where is his real purpose does his life matter is it really making a difference does anybody even notice how hard he's working and inside he's dying and he's crying out for help somebody to notice him somebody to see him somebody to say i see how hard you're working to keep it together and I say to that man today, God the Father has noticed all along. And he is smiling at you today. And he's telling you to keep working, son. Keep going, son. Don't stop, son. Keep going. I'm with you. I see your hard work. I see your diligence. I know no one has patted you on the back, but I'm telling you today, you've done a good job and I'm proud of you. For the teenager in here today who's struggling with friends and trying to find their place in life, trying to find and figure out what their personality is and Sometimes life can be awkward in our teenage years, and we're wondering, where do we fit in? We feel sometimes like we're, we're a square peg in a round hole. I believe God the Father is saying, 
all of his children are. He doesn't want you to fit in. He doesn't want you to be like them. He said, be like him. So we pray for our teenagers today. I pray over my daughter who's a teenager, my nieces who are in the room. Lord, be with them. Holy Spirit, engage them in society. Rather than living life according to to the world's terms, God, we're going to live life according to your terms.